749 on the Crosstalk on WIZM. Open for business. Real easy to say, a lot more difficult to do. Our guest on the Crosstalk on WIZM is Adam Hartage. He's the CEO and co-founder of Remote Health Solutions, a service in disabled veteran-owned small business that provides industry-leading telemedicine uh, devices and remote medical services around the globe. Uh, Good morning, Adam. Good morning, and thanks very much uh, for talking with us this morning. I hope that your Easter weekend was was okay not too crazy and uh, and we just continue with what seems to be the new normal it sounds like is america getting ready to get back into business uh, good morning thanks for having me uh, you know i've got to tell you um i i think um one or two weeks more of this and people say i've had enough uh you know families need to eat uh need to work mortgages have to get paid uh loans have to get serviced all that stuff so yeah, absolutely. I think um, I think there, as soon as we start to see the rounding of this uh, curve, so to speak, right? When once we once they can declare, hey, we're over the hump, I think that's when that's when uh, we start to get back to a little bit of normalcy in daily life. But truthfully, I don't think that that it ever really gets back to normal until they find a vaccine. You know. Uh, you're right. Uh, when they can control this virus uh, uh, more easily, uh, we can talk about that uh, in just a second. I'm curious to know uh, about the hump when they say get over the hump. Are you talking about the national hump? Lots of communities here here in Wisconsin, people want to get back to work, and that's fine. So you get in your car, you drive to wherever your uh, your place of business because you want to build uh, air conditioners. Nobody's buying them. Nobody else is help, there to help you finish building that air conditioner. You, there's a long line of necessary back-to-work people before whatever you do can actually happen, isn't there? You know, you actually you make a massively valid point. And we can't have just a one-size-fits-all solution. So, you know, if you're in, in, in Brooklyn, uh, New York, or downtown L.A., or some other place where it's very crowded, you may, we may have to have like a, a slow phase rollout thing, and they're going to have a lot of weirdness until uh, we find a vaccine. But I mean, me personally, I live out in Powhatan, Virginia, which is country, country. The closest thing to me is a tractor supply. We have four total cases of COVID-19 in my county, uh, which is to say not a lot, uh, but we still take it very seriously. And, and that's, that means that we're still isolating ourselves and working remotely and everything else. But that's only just to try and do our part. I got to say, though, I think for us, you know, we, we've never stopped working and we're not going to. Uh, we just have to adapt in a little bit of ways. I think a lot of businesses, for those that have hands-on manufacturing, that's, that's the toughest sector, I think, is, uh, you know, you can't do that virtually. You can't do that remotely. So I think it's going to be a phase. Uh, thing where individual communities like you're talking about can assess their own risk and, and frankly the, the nanny state thing of safety first safety first safety first at some point has got to go well, I understand what you're saying. My concern would be that, for instance, I heard this from a friend of mine who's an optometrist. I can open for business tomorrow. One optometrist, one uh, one assistant. We're taking customers, and we can sell 
uh, glasses and and uh, and do eye checks and so forth until we're out of stock because the eyeglass supply company is in New Jersey and they're not to open for business and you can only come and be a customer if you're ready to pay cash because the insurance company is in Boston and they're not open for business so we can't file insurance we can't get supplies I can't ground the glass for your glasses because I'm the only one in business everybody else is still on lockdown you know when you talk about the supply chain problem it's a big one it's a massive one i mean it's everything from you know in our case like we have a lot of parts that come from all over the world so and we're uh, we're putting together what we call a virtual exam room that's uh, one of our telemedicine devices you know that those piece, those pieces and parts the, the thing is made in the u.s but a lot of times, pieces and parts and stuff are going to be coming from uh, external to put everything together, and and we're starting to see uh, supply chain constraints, just like like what you talked about uh, with you know the grounding or grinding of the glass and everything else. Because if you break the chain, uh, you know the whole supply chain in, in essence breaks. Which I think that's, yeah. that's part of the massive uh, knock-on effect that we're seeing from the shutdown. Well, and I have listeners here that talk about let the mayors decide. We'll go city by city or region by region and reopen. And so uh, where you live, well, you live out in the boonies, it sounds like. So if you live in a suburb of Detroit, you're open. Uh, but uh, Detroit, the city, is not, and other suburbs around the city are not. How do you know who's open and who's not? And who's going to stop all those people from uh, the COVID-19 epicenter from getting in their car and coming to visit your business or your restaurant because you're open and then reinfecting, potentially reinfecting? Now we have to start all over again. You're either healthy or you're not, right? Yeah. You know, it's- this is one of those things that is uh, almost a perfect problem in that yeah. uh, it is very much it's like I kind of equate it a little bit to like starting a new business where, uh, you know, it's a chicken and egg thing where you can't take on too much debt because you also don't have the credit and you've got to grow things. Um, so you can do everything yourself in the beginning, but then as you hire an employee now, all of a sudden uh, more money is going out every month. So you got to money to bring it in. And, you know, as we look at that, it, talk about whether it's in cities, uh, cities coming out to the suburbs, suburbs coming out to the country, uh, starting reinfection all over again. I totally agree with you. That that is a potentially major problem. But uh, I will say uh, here where where we are, Richmond, there's a lot of cases. uh, And then outside of Richmond, the suburbs, not as many out in the country, very few. I think at some point we have to allow the local, uh, let's call it municipalities, authorities, whatever you want to say, um, assess their own level of risk. Because, uh, you know, as we all know, life is a risky proposition, and none of us get out of it alive, sadly. How do you, how do you control those? Be irresponsible or flip, but, you know, uh, life, life and, you know, requires risk. Oh, I I understand, Adam, but uh, where you live, where it's pretty safe, low number of cases, you reopen and everybody's favorite restaurant is reopened. All that guy needs to reopen is a bunch of cash so that he can buy a bunch of food and and prepare it 
for people who will come to the restaurant. But as soon as everybody from outlying areas that are closed find out that your restaurant is open, won't they bomb that restaurant to go there and enjoy a meal out and potentially cause that restaurant to have to close again? And you know as well as I do, a business that's open, it's closed, it's open, it's closed. What day is it? We're healthy, we're not healthy. Is uh, is not a yeah. you either got to be open or not, don't you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, it's like uh, the the last fat meal, or I'm sorry, the first fat meal that you have at a restaurant the last time you ever go there. And same kind of thing, you know, the place is spotty and inconsistent uh, with their hours and everything else. There's going to be problems with that. So. Uh, you know, frankly, we, we've got ourselves in a real mess here. Real pickle. I think the only uh, the only answer to long term stability is vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. So I mean, right. right now, from a from a care standpoint, you know, my company helps in the fact that we we provide remote care so we can help isolate and contain the problem by keeping people out of the emergency room uh, for things like strep throat and sniffles and uh, seasonal allergies and things like that. We can perform uh, remote diagnostics, which allow us to keep a patient in their home and out of that uh, out of the, the hot zone, let's call it. And so, uh, when you have coronavirus patients in the same vicinity as other non-COVID uh, infected people, that's when you're going to get that cross uh, contamination that you're talking about that, that spread. So, um, you know, we, from a business standpoint, it is a mess. I agree with you entirely. And I think also at some point uh, the, the acceptable level of risk has to be left up to uh, the individual, um, I guess, business owner and then as well the municipality. I don't right. Think we can uh, and I can't disagree with that. One, one solution across the nation. You have a freedom. There's no question about that. But, uh, I, you know, that my concern, I guess, is does your freedom trump uh, my right to be safe? Because you and your unhealthy family are causing my family to become sick. It's, it's not easy.